and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WYOK. Oh, another lovely Sunday, sitting here, having some good beer with some good dudes. That's what you call a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for something more prophetic than that one. Yeah, I, that's all I got, man. <laughs> so, yeah, we have another great brewery on this week. Uh, this week we're going to be talking to DC Brow. We have both co-founders, Brandon Skull and Jeff Hancock, calling in uh, from a, a hotel bunker room. They're hunkered down, so they're going to be calling us in from that, talking about their phenomenal beers, and we have a plethora of them in front of us to enjoy this week. So it's going to be another good time, a lot of good beers, a lot of good convo. And uh, speaking of the good convo, I wanted to start out with a little bit of beer news. Uh, now, we've talked on here before about the Wheaties beer that was coming out. There was one that was released previously last year that they did get the go-ahead to do it this year, but they're actually kind of going for a little bit more. Uh, there is a Count Chocula beer that is made by Black Bottle Brewery. Yep. It uh, is going to be returning for GABF this year. It's a milk stout. They actually add 40 pounds of chocolate of uh, Count Chocula to it, kind of like in a dry hop variation of That's how they add it. Uh, and it's called... <laughs> Seriously, spelled with cereal. So, ser- actually, cerealistly. So yeah, we, we've discussed on here the beer community is ripe for puns. So, yeah. um, it's going to be released in 22 ounce bottles. And it's going to be only available. There are Fort Collins brews. It's going to be only available in that area. And uh, also, when I was looking up stuff, so they apparently have done this before. I don't know how why these got out, but they did it. Same thing, but with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And with Lucky Charms. Ooh, my dream of the uh, the Cookie Crisp beer. Yeah, is, you're uh, getting average. It's very close. Are they General Mills? Are they, is that who owns them? Uh, I, I, I think I'm not that. I think they own everybody. Who? But, oh, sorry. Oh, I thought, uh, uh, yeah, I, I have no idea who owns them. I just know it's delicious. Yeah, so. I, I, if it's General Mills, <laughs> then it's definitely closer. But it's just interesting to see that the way you know people are going with this. The, the one thing that kind of baffled me, though, was with Lucky Charms. Like, what are you, you're getting nothing out of that, just sugar. Yeah, there's, there's no, really no taste yeah, Lucky Charms. It's just pure sugar. So I don't know. And uh, speaking of this, there's another beer. And this is a little more local. Uh, Tired Hands from Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Uh, this was kind of the hubbub all over the news. I saw tons and tons of people sharing this one. They came out with an Ecto Cooler inspired beer. So, I mean, those of us in our age range very, very much fondly remember Ecto Cooler. Uh, the nasty green looking heisey thing that was actually just orange flavored stuff. But when you're a kid, your imagination is going wild and thinking it's a little bit more. Uh, but they actually did a beer called Necto Cooler. Uh, it's already sold out though. So I know this is kind of a teaser thing, but they, they've said basically, I, I think it's going to return, especially with the hype that they got around this because this went crazy on the internet. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, you know, ecto cooler, necto cooler, the whole ghouly Ghostbusters things, and we're coming up to uh, you know Halloween. I'm sure it'll reappear right around the end of October, oh, yeah. most likely. So it'll be interesting to see where that. I mean, it, it sold out so quickly, and you saw all over the internet that was being shared. It's it's basically just a sour beer uh, with some Simcoe and Citra hops with nectarines. So that's where you're getting that out of there. And uh, another thing I wanted to mention. Uh, if you want to raise your glass if you're at home, uh, it's a man that kind of paved the way for all of us eight years ago today. Michael Jackson, the beer hunter himself, passed away, yep. and he was a man that, that paved the way for all of us to be doing what we're doing now. He was really passionate about the whole industry, so we lost a good man eight years ago today, so just keep that in mind as you're having a drink. It's another excuse to just toast to somebody. Such a, I mean, um, a lot of people don't know, you even say, like, Michael Jackson, people automatically just assume, you know, a different Michael Jackson, but um, all his whole library is available on YouTube, and I watch yeah. it uh, quite a bit, so anybody out there, and they did, somebody did a documentary about four or five years ago, um, and, and it's an HD, it's a, a yeah. bunch of footage and, and stuff like that, and ha- kind of following him around, I forget the name of it, it might just be uh, The Beer Hunter documentary, um, definitely look that stuff up. And, and the other one would be um, on YouTube. He has a candid conversation with one of the guys from Shelton Brothers where he sits and talks for about an hour. And it's right before he passed from yeah. Parkinson's. And that's and he goes through that whole. It's it's a really good watch. It's something yeah. that, his, something his stuff is always great. I, I still have my VHS copies of yeah, the Beer yeah, Hunter. Beer so Hunter, yeah. you can find those cheap if you uh, are a diehard and still hanging on to your VHS or your VCR. You can listen to them. Um, now, another thing I just wanted to mention real quick, a new beer. Uh, Sully, when we was on from 21st Amendment, kind of talked about this one. It was going to be coming out. They didn't announce it yet. But uh, now they have announced it. It's, a to- it's called Toaster Pastry India Red Ale. Uh, it's kind of a shout-out to, as he mentioned, that their factory, what they're moving into, uh, was owned by Kellogg. That's so where they used to make Pop-Tarts. 
So <laughs> it's a Pop-Tart-inspired beer as a throwback, as a, a, a shout-out to where their current location is now. So, yeah, I, I haven't tried it yet, so it'll be interesting to try that one, but that's what they were going for. And uh, I also want to mention, yesterday, George and I did a little road trip up to New York. We hit up Rushing Duck. You heard me mention them on here before when I called in from BCTC. That was a really good brewery. It was their third-year anniversary we went up there for and got some phenomenal, phenomenal beers. And uh, they're going to be getting on here at some point soon, too. I would talk to them. I'm, I'll keep harassing them because they're going to get on here because their stuff is, is too good. Uh, one of the guys actually is from Weyerbacher that started that brewery, too. So he's starting out with a really good knowledge. We also stopped at Eddie's Roadhouse. Oh, excellent, excellent place. And they had really good food. It was, it was a recommendation to us when we went there. And uh, Eddie himself was there. Really awesome guy. Unbelievably hospitable to, like, once he found out we were from out of town, just brought out the big guns for us and, and just a really good guy. So they're up in uh, Warwick, New York. So I highly recommend if you want to head up there, go to Chester, New York, visit Rushing Duck, and swing on over. It's about 20 minutes. Visit Eddie's. It's a good time. Who doesn't want to go to a place called Eddie's Roadhouse? Yes. It's, 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 and uh, they have 16 <laughs> beers on draft, no domestics, all craft. Nice. And their food is really good as well. So, I mean, that's 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 throwing the gauntlet down when you're willing to do that, to put that kind of commitment into everything. And also the uh, bottle shop right up the road. So, oh, I mean, it's true. Yeah, they have a bottle shop. So you can get a little, all your shopping done in one day. Bolting <laughs> Patrick Swayze at the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Patrick. Hey, no one not to be nice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually watching that the other day. Uh, yeah. This is confession did, time. Did, did it happen to you? Did you? Was it on or was it, were you flipping and you're like, now I got to watch Rose? No, no, I, it was on Netflix and I put it on. <laughs> that's like one of the go-to it happens to you movies. Like you're doing stuff around the house and you look and they're like, oh, now I got to spend an hour watching yeah, Roadhouse. Yeah, well, he's on. I can't turn it off now. It's, it's like sacrilegious or something. All right, so we are now enjoying from DC Brow. This is their Brow Pills. It's a German-style Pilsner, 4.6% ABV. And as I said, you know, I love when we get a good Pilsner from a brewery, you want to start out. If you're looking at any kind of brewery, you want to start out with their Pilsner. It'll tell you everything you need to know about where things are going to go because you can get into the big boy range, but there's too much stuff to hide behind. Like, yeah, you can do a really great double IPA or an imperial chocolate coffee stout dipped in truffle and whatever. Like, you, you could do all these crazy flavors, and it's good, Nick. You have to have an understanding to, to have that balance, but there's more flaws to hide behind, whereas a Pilsner, you're nude <laughs> and everything's on display. For better or worse. And uh, that's how I have to start out with the good Pilsner with this. And this is, a, I believe this is like a newer one from them. They just kind of came out with this year. It started to hit the market. So, you know, and you're hitting the ground running with this kind of thing. This is just a super clean Pilsner. It's got a really nice, like, earthy, noble hop bite from it, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely your atypical Pils, but with an American twist. The hot presence is definitely there, but you can tell they knocked up the malt base just a little bit to kind of balance it Assertive out. Assertive but restrained. Yes, sir. It's 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 <laughs> it's damn tasty and a nice uh, get your toe, dip your toe in the water beer for the show, you know? Yeah, and this is another great one. Like we've said on here before, like if you're interested in getting into craft beer and you haven't found that, a good gateway is always finding a solid Pilsner because that's going to be the easiest transition for you from your macro beers into something a little more flavorful and then things going on. Because while if you put this side by side with a, a macro pills, you're going to taste a flavor difference. Like this has more going on with it, but it's not over the top. It's not going to put you off from anything. It's not going to be too much because that's the problem we've seen on here before. Numerous times is it being too much for people, but this is just super clean. It's got like a really nice light malt to it that I like that's it's definitely there as a presence, but it's not overly sweetening. It's not, it just has that really nice balance. And I like having that really wonderful hop crisp bite to it because it, it, sometimes in a Pilsner you get that, uh, uh, it smells like someone let one go, you know, the sulfur smell is in, <laughs> in some of them. And that that can be, you know, especially if you're coming at this from a bigger uh, macro beer thing, when you get that sulfury smell in the beer, that can be really off-putting to you because you're not used to it. Because that, that is 100% watched for in those beers, and they do not leave the brewery with that that uh, aroma or or odor in it, if you will. <laughs> so that, that's something they watch out for. But it's nice. It, it, it's you know, part of the style. So if you do have that in some of the beers, it's not something like a flaw that you have to say. It's just I, I enjoy when it's not as present. Yeah. Now, some people, I mean, some people brew what some people would as, uh, classify as flaws and actually put them in their beer on purpose sometimes. And that's kind of like one of those things with Pilsners. Some people actually don't mind it being there, I guess yeah, you'd say. Yeah, that's, that's just a personal preference yeah. of mine. Just like I've said on here before, too, I'm not a fan of the Cat P West Coast IPAs. Yeah. And other people 
really love them and seek them out. So, you know, as with everything, it's all personal preference and what you're into and what you're not into. Whatever whatever tickles the pickle, you know, as yeah. they say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know many people who say that, but uh, yeah, sure. Works for me. Well, you know one. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. What do you think, Ed? I'm curious what Ed thinks. Cause this it's, is good. This is It's, it's refreshing. Yeah. Um, I think it's, stay, it's staying true to the Pilsner style. I mean, it's, it's really good. Nice. It's kind of an homage, if you will. An homage. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it, it's it's a nice having a German one because German is a little more, you know, you think of the German beers like that that German style because you're getting into a Czech Pils versus uh, a German Pils and like the Czech Pils has, like that's a you know, Pilsner or Kell was like, you know, it's kind of people have complained that it's, you know, changed to them over the years. But really, I think we're just not getting it fresh. Getting that fresh, it has a really assertive hop bite to it. A lot of Czech, uh, Czech pills do. Whereas German, just as in with most German beers, they, they're very balanced. They're not over the top. Like That's just the German lifestyle. And, you know, we talked about that last week. I think a lot of people actually, a lot of styles are getting, people are getting confused now of what the original base styles are with a lot of beers. Like, you, you'll get people putting these twists on Pilsners and stuff like that. So the lines get a little bit blurred for people that are getting into it and, and not quite sure what the style is supposed to be. Like, a perfect example is like a Goza. Um, it's not overly salty and it's got a little bit of kind of pepperiness to it. But if you get your American base Gozas, you're like, oh, over the top salty. Bigger, with all, batter, better. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like when, when you actually have a legit more. OG Goza, and then you're like, it's not blowing you away with the amount of salinity and and not having other stuff in it. It's just, you know, I don't know. People just, the lines get a little bit blurred, which is a good thing. I like that breweries experiment and try different stuff and do all that kind of. Well, if you're not pushing the boundaries, like, what you know, what are you doing? Yeah, and there's a lot of breweries, some breweries like to do that, like to stay true to style and don't really mess with stuff. And then you have breweries that like to kind of take a beer, twist it all up and see what sticks. And both are equally good. It's not like one's bad and one's good. It's They both have a place in the beer world. So, so yeah, that's what I'm saying, baby. Well, I think that's a good thing always, right? Yeah. Everything's good. You're talking about the beer world and you're working everything into it? We're going to go wrong. What are you going to do? It's a beautiful <laughs> Sunday, northeastern Pennsylvania. I have to move today, so my life's going to suck oh, about that's, an hour or so. that's right. The joys of, mm. of life with the moving around. <laughs> Thankfully, I uh, I hope for the most part right now that's behind me for a while. That's yeah. never... And you've, but the fun thing is, is you find stuff that you either forgot about or you didn't even realize you had it. I just want to I just want to ignore everything and just move and just forget all the rest of the stuff I don't want. So we'll see. Well, that's another option. That's option B for everything. There'll be beer involved, so life will be good. Well, that's all that matters. That's how you thank everybody with everything. Yeah. That's the joys with all this stuff. Is like you just have some beer and you can thank everybody. Everybody's expecting it, though, too, which is nice. Yeah. Except so. for George. George gets nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the only one coming over to help today. That's true. So I don't see right. Derek raising his hand. I, I, on that note, uh, we are going to head off, take a break, and uh, when we come back, we have on the line with us co-founders of DC Brow, Mr. Brandon Skull and Jeff Hancock with us. So when we come back, we'll be talking to them about a lot of wonderful things with their wonderful brewery. So stay tuned here on the Beer Geeks on WILK. Remember when people used to wash stuff by hand, like clothes and dishes? <laughs> or how about this one? Remember when you had to wash your CPAP system by hand? Wait, you still wash your CPAP by hand? Boy, have we got to catch you up. Listen, SoClean.com has created the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It's faster, more sanitary, and a heck of a lot easier than whatever you're doing. And for a limited time, you can try it at home risk-free for 30 days. You better get on this. Just call 1-800-551-4919. SoClean is completely automated and hands-free. It destroys 99.9% of all CPAP germs. Clean your CPAP system in minutes with no water or hassle. Talk about life-changing. Now, remember when you called for your in-home trial from SoClean.com? Wait, you still haven't called? <laughs> Here's the number again. It's a limited-time offer, so don't wait. Call 1-800-551-4919. 1-800-551-4919. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account. 
accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S. Tax Shield and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, so call now. 800-735-8360. That's 800-735-8360. U.S. Tax Shield. 800-735-8360. Wyoming Valley Motors. Making good deals. Making good friends. It's the Mazda Summer Drive at Wyoming Valley Motors Mazda. Right now, when you purchase or lease a new 2015 model, Mazda will make your first two payments. Plus, you can lease the 2016 Mazda CX-5 Sport all-wheel drive for only $225 per month or the 2016 Mazda 6 iSport for only $159 per month. And if you serve in the military, we salute you with $500 military bonus cash on the purchase or lease of any new Mazda at Wyoming Valley Motors Mazda, Route 11, Locksville. $500 military appreciation cash available for active duty reserves and retirees within two years separation. Lease prices based on 36-month, 10,000 miles per year plus tax and tags. Mazda CX-5 Sport and Mazda 6 iSport, $2,000 plus fees due at signing. Valid upon credit approval. See dealer for details. Expires 8-31-2015. Wyoming Valley Motors. Making good deals. Making good friends. Good. That'll work. That'll work better than the other one. Ah, wait. Are we back? Wait, wait, yeah, we're wait. Is my mic working? Yeah, it is. All right. My yeah. headphones aren't working. There we go. That's what the problem is. Yeah. That's the one thing that throws me off sometimes. I'll be talking and I don't hear myself in my own headphones, so I think the mics aren't working. And Ah, technology. All right. So <laughs> on the backing of that uh we have now on the phone with us joining us uh co-founders of dc brow we have brand skull and jeff hancock joining us together on a tag team phone line boys how you doing today oh good ah there we are <laughs> sorry for we had some technical difficulty too we were actually coming to you live and direct from the gym at the cambria hotel in, uh, <laughs> yeah buddy so you guys doing uh squat thrusts while you're calling us then <laughs> We're playing around with some of the equipment earlier. It's all nice <laughs> and new, but um, but no, I figure we should give you our undivided attention. <laughs> on a medicine ball, you know. Well, yeah, you got to keep in shape while you're doing, you know, multitask. That's how you get these things going. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so we're, we're enjoying some beers, but I want to jump back a little bit with you guys to kind of get an understanding because now you were the first brewery in D.C. in 60 years to open up. So like, when and, and why did you guys jump into all of this? Uh, we were the first production brewery um, in D.C. since 1956. Um, Brandon and I have, um, you know, really complementary skill sets, uh, me being the brewing side and him being uh, sales, marketing, and uh, distribution. And um, D.C. hadn't had a production brewery in over 60 years. And, uh, you know, craft beer was um, definitely on, on, the, on the big uptick, and uh, we saw a hole in our... A hole that needed to be filled for D.C. and uh, decided to move forward. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, like, definitely sort of, like, we felt the compulsion to do it. Like, it, it was something that had to be done, and uh, we felt like we had sort of were uniquely equipped in order to, to meet this demand. Um, and, and, you know, something that, that we just felt needed to be done, and, and we wanted to be involved with doing it. So I'm, I'm going to take a jump here. Did you guys grow up in the D.C. area? We did indeed. Okay, because yeah, I was going to say that's on a... The, uh, I grew up on the Maryland side in Montgomery County, and uh, Brandon grew up on the Virginia side in McLean. Okay. I, I was just assuming because that, that's a tough uh, nut to crack if you're going to jump in and open up a brewery. I can imagine. What were some of the nightmares you had with trying to find a building in that area? I mean, you know, it, it's, it's much less the finding the real estate, but, like, finding, finding a, you know, the the areas of town where we were actually able to do this. I mean, D.C. is so developed towards the, the center of town, and a, a lot of the laws that are intertwined with this make it so that we have to be in a commercial manufacturing zone. So it's a combination of dealing with these sort of old antiquated laws that were on the books when we first started, and at the same time trying to find the right location that, that you know, would... would 
satisfy the needs that we needed for an industrial setting. Yeah, and uh, D.C., you know, obviously being a pretty predominant white-collar town, um, you know, we uh, we definitely have our space on, you know, what you could definitely refer to as the outskirts of, uh, of the city. But um, like Brandon said, the way it's zoned, um, we had a kind of limited uh, areas to choose from from the beginning but we uh, we ended up finding a great spot and we've been there uh, been there ever since That's we good. keep we keep adding to it so we've uh, we started with about 6000 square feet in the basement of this building underneath the post office and we've now got uh, 22,000 square feet in the basement of a building under a post office so how how much has the brew house grown then like what were you guys size wise when you first started like barrel to to what you are now uh, we first started out, um, we, we've still been turning a, a three-vessel, 15-barrel, um, but we uh, we started out our first year, it was pretty much, um, you know, me and Brandon doing doing everything. Uh, we did around 1,600 barrels. Um, then the year two, we jumped to about 5,000, uh, which was a pretty, uh, you know, massive growth year for us. And then from 5,000, we went up to uh, 8,500. And uh, last year, we did um, close to 12,000 barrels. Wow. Uh, this year we're we're sort of on gauge right now to get hopefully we'll we'll crack sixteen thousand barrels this year. So uh it'll be pretty close, but you know, that's sort of that's our goal right now, that's what we're pushing for. Now one of the things I have to ask too, just because of the area you guys are in and then just you telling me this DIY ethic you've had, did you guys kinda grow up in the whole D C hardcore scene at all? Were you guys was that your thing or I yeah, I think there's there's a lot of sort of subcultures in D C that, that coming from here are, are really a, a part of a part of your, you know, your life, whether you're into that scene or not, but like DC hardcore, DC punk rock, and also uh, the electronic music scene of the late '90s, early 2000s was a place where Jeff and I really uh, sort of, you know, made a lot of mutual friends and, and sort of first became, you know, random acquaintances. Yeah, I definitely uh, being a being a skateboarder for definitely a healthy two thirds of my natural life. Um, I used to go to the free shows at Fort Reno. Uh, see Minor Threat and Fugazi and uh, kick around town, skateboard a lot, get chased out. But yeah, I was, uh, you know, go to old shows at, uh, what was it, Phantasmagoria and Wheaton. And Wheaton up there, yeah. So, yeah, but like Brandon said, we both uh, both liked the hardcore, but it was definitely the uh, the electronic music scene that kind of kind of brought us together. Yeah, just like DC in general has that really strong DIY ethic, and like you know whether it was in electronic or or in the punk hardcore, I mean that was really something that was very prevalent. And that's why I was wondering if you guys were into that because just you going out of doing it yourself, like just not waiting for anybody, you know, you're licking the envelopes yourself and you're putting everything together. Yeah, and a lot of the you know a lot of the experience too um, comes from you know people were always saying in the beginning like wow you know you guys do such a great job of promoting. Uh, when you are a DJ for several years, you learn to sort of promote yourself. You learn how to use social media to your advantage. It was just something that, therefore, sort of came natural to us. In fact, right now, we are the reason we're at this hotel is we're about to throw a rooftop party up here, uh, sort of celebrate the end of summer. And, you know, we're doing a tap takeover, and we've got a bunch of our friends who are DJs playing and just sort of producing the event ourselves. Uh, we'll be right down. Yeah, wh- <laughs> uh, what, 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 what kind of music? That's what I'm curious about. Uh, we play, um, you know, pretty much a lot of uh, house, deep house, tech house, techno, um, and uh, jungle drum and bass. Okay. okay. We are we are across the board musically. I mean, we everything from what Jeff just mentioned to uh, to metal to you know Grateful Dead. I mean, it, it, we we really do span like a very vast uh, you know sort of musical taste, uh, not just ourselves too, but the folks who work for us. You know, one of the things is. In the brewery, there's a system there that's that's always on usually, and and we really encourage people to for everybody to share the system. Everybody play, you know, you play an album, then let somebody else play an album, and it, it definitely brings across this this vast amount of music that is very inspirational to uh, not just us but the people who work there too. I, I was just curious because I I was a uh, up um, down the East Coast. I was a techno DJ in the late '90s, early 2000s. I used to go to DC all the time. So chances are we cross paths. What? Did you come down here and go to Buzz Nation? Oh, yeah. I've always been Buzz in Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, good times. Good yeah, time. yeah, yeah. That, that was, God, just 15 years ago, maybe. I don't even know. Jeez. <laughs> we might have been to some of the same parties. That's so. what I'm saying. Probably cross paths. <laughs> good community stuff. Now, how much of those parties do you guys remember that you might have all been at? I don't uh, know. Snippets. <laughs> snippets. Uh, well, one event is basically a five-year blur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a very, very fun five-year blur. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, so did you guys uh, you guys uh, get a chance to taste any of the beers? Yeah, we we had the the Brow Pills, which was phenomenal. That was like a new release for you guys, correct? 
that is. Brow Pills is, is a really exciting beer for us. We've been really struggling with wanting to do, uh, you know, a lot more lagers and over the past several years, but just the restraints of sort of the market down here, what we needed with our main flagship beers, which are all ales, it seems like every time we're, you know, we're, we're, we're brewing a lager, we're pulling away a lot of sort of valued production barrelage. Mm-hmm. So it's, we were really waiting and waiting, and we're still not even at the point where brewing a lager totally makes sense from a production standard, but it's just something we're passionate about and wanted to do. And Jeff especially, you know, has got a, a strong, strong love for traditional German styles, and that's why this beer is, was pretty special, but it's also kind of hard for us to keep up with. Oh, I could imagine. That's a, when you guys first started the brewery, what did you have in mind as far as where you wanted to go? Like, what were the core beers you were starting? Did you have, like, in mind, like, you wanted to be, you know, like, an English style or go after, like, is there anything like that? Or was it just kind of always you guys were sort of putting recipes together and doing whatever you wanted? Uh, we were, um, I would say, in the early piloting phases. You know, one of our, um, we primarily do pretty, you know, hoppy beers um, between our public ale, which is a pale, and Corruption, which is an I- single hop IPA. Those are probably our two biggest sellers. Um, so we, you know, we figured since hops are kind of kind of ruling the roost and they're here to stay, it's not like a passing phase, like I think a lot of people think it is. Um, so we, uh, you know, those account for about 80, 85 to ninety percent of our overall production. And then with the other other ten percent, uh, we have some fun. We do a big double IPA called uh, On the Wings of Armageddon, and uh, yeah, just to round out the portfolio, you know, start start throwing some lagers in there. But we. Uh, we, we got to have a lot of fun also in the first, like, two years or so um, with, with um, you know, as this market was building and we were building our name, uh, we were able to make, you know, more beer than just those three all the time because those beers were just sort of catching on. People were fighting about them, and we had extra fermentation space, so we were brewing all sorts of one-off beers just, just for fun, uh, stuff we would come up with, not even pilot. Jeff would write a recipe and then we'd brew it and we got to have a lot more freedom back in those first couple days even though overall we're making a lot less barrelage but now you know the the core three beers are such a a massive amount of what what makes up our total sales mix it's a little bit harder for us to play around we have to put a lot more planning into okay we're going to brew this period this month uh you know this will be around for this amount of time where it was a little bit more you know just just off the cuff when we were starting out so when you were starting out, that's another thing, too, is interesting with you starting being the first production brewery in that length of time. Like you now obviously have a fair amount of competition. Like what are some of the things you guys have, have learned along the way that, you know, maybe you didn't you didn't even notice it right in the beginning because you were, you know, sailing the ship yourself? Hmm. That's a, that's a pretty good question. Um, you know, as far as the competition aspect, um, I've, I've always had a couple of brewers that I've always looked up to for, for peers. So I think uh, for me personally, it's just kind of, you know, like I'm good friends with Jason, Jason Oliver, the head brewer down at Devil's Backbone. So when we first started playing around with lagers, you know, I was, I was leaning on him for some advice on how to, how to do it properly and make a, make a good product. Even though I've brewed them many, many times, it had been a couple of years. Um, and the competition thing is good. You know, I think when you look at cities like, like Portland, where they have, you know, like almost 67 breweries and brew pubs within the city limits, we still have room for a super diverse uh, scene down here. And everyone's, you know, everyone's really cool with one another. Everybody, the, the competition that's there, it's more of that healthy sort of competition that, that pushes us together to strive collectively. I mean, you know, whenever you're, when you're in this inv- invested, involved in a project like GC Brow for Jeff and I, um, it's not... It's not necessarily uh, hard to sort of just get caught up doing the same thing, trying to maintain what you're doing. But having this other competition around, it makes us want to makes us want to do stuff that we wouldn't normally do. You know, like for example, the pills. Like, hey, we really want to get this logger out. We've been wanting to do it for a long time, and let's let's go ahead. There there isn't a pills yet in can from DC. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's make that happen. And I think that you have a really healthy. You can have a very healthy competitive environment, uh, which is what Jeff was referring to in Portland. I think. You know, you see that all over. You see people working together and all together pushing this industry farther, which could be one of the reasons that we're having such great nationwide growth in this industry right now. Yeah, that's the one thing we've always admired and we've talked about here with numerous other breweries is just that, you know, locally it's not, it's competition, like you're saying, in a, in a friendly way and trying to, if you're one-upping each other, it's kind of you're making a, the fun bets on it or something. You're not really going at each other and you're all trying to, you know, lift the ship together, which is always a great thing to see going on, especially, if, you know, you're in that specific D.C. area, like everyone down there just kind of working together. Yep. Yep. So now, where are you guys? What's your distro pattern like now for you guys? Where can, where can people find your beers? 
Um, right now, summer is definitely uh, our, our heaviest uh, heaviest year as far as producing as much beer as we can. But um, a lot of bars and restaurants in D.C., a lot of off-premises like Whole Foods, Safeways, Harris Teeters. Um, we have a really good presence in northern Virginia, down in Richmond. Uh, Philly's a great market for us. And we're also shipping beer up to uh, New Jersey and Connecticut. That's good. Um, so now we're going to get into some beards. I finally talk about one. We are now having some on the wings of Armageddon. Now, I would love for you guys to talk about the story behind the inspiration for this beer because I think it's incredible. <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, we were, um, uh, so the way we always kind of uh, come up with concepts for beer, um, a lot of brewers do recipes first, then branding, but Brandon and I start out with branding. Uh, the name is probably what we what we work, uh, work backwards from. So basically all the doomsday prophecies uh, had kind of come to pass, except the, uh, the exception of the Mayan calendar. So uh, we were kind of, you know, sitting across from one another when we have our, had our desks uh, situated like that, and we just kind of started spitballing, and I was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool, you know, the, the mind calendar ends, the earth is all scorched, and there's this kind of hooded winged angel of death flying over, kind of surveying the landscape. <laughs> so, yeah, we got, we've got to take this back to the mindset so you understand. It's 2012. You know, the world's in peril. We have this deficit, definite doomsday prophecy unfolding before us. And, you know, we thought if we're going to go out, we should go out with a bang. And we hadn't brewed a double IPA yet, so we thought this should be a great beer as we're watching the world sort of burn as it's being scorched, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to sit back with a double IPA. So there's, there's sort of like the idea there. And then we were also, you know, when we come up with names, we're really sort of going back and forth. It's like a, it's like a think tank sort of scenario with definitely Jeff and I in the room. Uh, usually Chris Graham, our production manager's in there too. We're all just sort of throwing things back and forth and seeing what sticks. And we were using this really cool new hop variety, this uh, Falconer's Flight, that we were able to get back when it was first launched. And this was right around that time. And we were looking for cool beers to use it in, double IPA, big, crazy, awesome hop. Great idea, you know, good pairing for it. And um, we started thinking of things just having to do with with flight, because Falconer's flight, and then wings came up, and then it was uh, it was actually going to be called Wings of the Apocalypse, and then uh, another brewery that we're very good friends with re- released a beer uh, called Apocalyptic, and it was also a double IPA, and this was like maybe a month before, so we're like, oh, we got to change it around. So Apocalypse, luckily, is very similar, and you know, very you know, fit, fit the bill as well. So um, so that's sort of. And on the wings of love, like someday I, w- I heard that on the radio, and I was like, let's throw a little Onda in front of this wings of Armageddon, and uh, and now we've got a name. But that that sort of uh, inspiration of that that ghoulish character, you know, flying over uh, is is pretty important. And uh, and also we told our designer we wanted to look like something that you know you would you know be listening to metal to in seventh grade and like carve into your desk at school. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't want a seventh grader carving this one. There. <laughs> then he got all their problems. So with, with this, like with the beer, like you guys went all in Falconer's Flight full on. Like what was it about that hop that attracted you to wanting to put that one in here? Um, well, at the time, uh, it, you know, it had just came out. I was trying to get uh, Amarillo contracted. And back in the, it, I mean, it's still hard to get, but, you know, our, our hop supplier kind of kind of chuckled under their breath. And they're like, good luck with that. And they're like, well, hey, we have this, this new blend. Because um, Falconer's flight, Flight's not actually grown. It's, it's a blend of um, other hops. Um, and it was the original uh, aroma hop in our pale ale. Uh, but we ended up switching it out and put Centennial in the pale. And then... Um, you know, decided to use it. It was a fun hop. We had a had a lead on it early with a contract, so um, you know we figured it could be the. Uh, and to my knowledge, it was the first double IPA um, brewed stateside using that hop exclusively. Um, but just the uh, you know, it has it has all the notes of the, of the big IPAs that I like. Um, they're just fresh, citrusy, you know, grapefruity. It's got tangerine. You know, it's, it's got all the all the big buzzwords you would associate with a, a big IPA. No, it definitely comes across more as like a, a bouquet than anything else, which is great. That's what you know people don't understand. It's a blend of different hops, not a single. It's a single hop. But it's a single hop. It's a blend of different hops. Yep. And originally, I mean, you know, we we had we had really wanted the citra hop and couldn't get it, so that's it was sort of our substitute. And, and there you go. So now going forward, what what do you guys? You have uh, your Oktoberfest is coming out soon, correct? Yep. When can people find that one? 
Uh, that will be uh, actually debuted at Snallygaster, which is a really big beer fest uh, put on by NRG down near Nat um, Stadium. Uh, that's going to be Saturday, September 12th. Um, and we'll actually be serving it at the same time at the brewery. So that'll be the first chance. And then uh, we're producing uh, 180 barrels of it, so it's going to be around a little bit. Last year when we released it, we did like, um, I think we did 120 barrels of it, and it sold out pretty much in like a week and a half. Wow. So um, this year we decided to go a little bit more of an investment in it and have it around a little bit longer. Oh, can't argue with that one. Well, guys, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I mean, I know you're in the middle of a bunch of stuff. Like you just had DC Beer Weekend, and you got GABF coming up in Baltimore, and you're calling us from a hotel because you're in the middle of doing something else. And really appreciate you taking the time to give us a call and chat with us for a bit. We're calling you from the gym. <laughs> take, take you up on that. I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to call us while you're working out. <laughs> it was our pleasure. It was a fun show. Thank you very much, Rad. Not a problem, guys. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We will. You do the same. Cheers. 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 Take care. Uh, another another good time if I can get there we go find another good time two good dudes calling while they're working out hanging and banging just super throwing those weights around yeah, like super enthusiastic oh yeah yeah. yeah. I, I love the Wings of Armageddon oh, yeah. story it's a phenomenal beer yeah. it's like all that's going to be left is Wings of Armageddon cockroaches and Law and Order SVU <laughs> yeah. oh, <laughs> you had me up until Law and Order I could hang with the cockroaches I can't hang with iced tea too much and <laughs> no this is a great beer but uh, we're going to take a break but before we take a break we have a great giveaway from DC Brow so Ooh. if uh, you are a fan which you should be of this brewery and if you aren't Go get their beer, and you will instantly become one. But we have a bunch of stickers, bottle openers, uh, shirt, so you can kind of wear that one with pride, and you're one of the only ones around here with it, so you could be the snooty guy or gal, whichever you prefer. Mm. Uh, but we'll take, uh, let's do caller three. We'll, instead of doing Ooh, the first one, we'll do caller three. Up. Yeah, why not? Uh, give us a call. It's 1-800-437-0098. 1-800-437-0098. Caller three gets a DC Brow prize package. And uh, we'll be back to drink some more beers here on the Beer Geeks. W-I-L-K. For most companies, internet speeds are a game of chance. Like the phone company offering up to internet speeds. Chances are, up to means that speed is not available depending on your location. With Comcast Business, your business's internet connection speed isn't left to chance. That's because the speeds we offer are available across our entire network. No games, no chance. Game over. So call 866-704-8952 and get 25 megabit internet for $69.95 a month. Not up to the speed you pay for, all the speed you pay for. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer in September 30th, 2015. Restrictions apply. New business customers only. Two-year contract required. Early termination fees apply. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. Requires subscription to business voice and TV services. Call for details. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Stock trading involves risk. Visit zax.com slash performance for more information. Would you like your investments to make more than 20% a year? Well, since 1988, through good times and bad, our Zach's number one rank, Strong Buy Stocks, have generated an average annual return of 26% a year. That's nearly three times the S&P 500. And now in our new book, we're revealing how we pick the stocks that consistently beat the market. And if you're one of the first 250 callers, we'll send you a copy of this book for free. Elite investors pay millions of dollars per year to access our stock picks. Our book will show you how we pick our stocks for free. Don't settle for average market returns when you can make Zach's returns. Call now for your free book and discover our proven way to consistently beat the market. Find out how to get your free book at 1-800-500-6697. That's 1-800-500-6697. 1-800-500-6697. The Greatest Granton Chamber of Commerce and Metro Action are proud to present the 6th Annual Sage Awards. The Scranton Awards for Growth and Excellence. These awards honor local businesses for their talent, creativity, and innovation. Award categories include Small Business of the Year, Woman of Excellence, and Best Practices in Community Involvement. A new award, Excellence in Leadership, recognizes businesses showing high-quality leadership and employee development. Applications are due Friday, September 18th, and are available at ScrantonChamber.com. 
Summer and golf are about to be things of the past. If you're like me, you haven't had your fair share of either. It's okay because good golf weather and Stonehenge Golf Incentives give you more reasons to play. Play the premier public course that boasts 6,600 yards and 71 chances at greatness. Drive a cart for 29 bucks weekdays and 39 bucks weekends. Golf Stonehenge. Call Stonehenge for tee times and details. 836-5108. Stonehenge. Country Club Feel. Public Deal. sing-along here. That's what we're, we're no spend the, singing. We're going to spend the rest of the show getting rid of our listeners by singing. <laughs> so uh, we're back with some more DC Brow beer. And, uh, you know, these guys, as you know, you can tell from listening to the interview, very enthusiastic, very on top of what they're doing, very much want to be involved in this industry and just have a passion for it that goes beyond. Because, you know, that's the one thing you can see with some... I'm not going to call anybody out because I can't even think of it off the top of my head because I haven't really dealt with too many. But you do see some people that are getting into craft breweries and, and open them up as a cash grab. Yeah, just and, f- just for a, yeah. a merely a business opportunity rather than a passion and, sort and of thing. You can see that immediately when you talk to somebody if that's what they're doing, and you can tell immediately that that is not what these guys are doing. They have a passion for this. It's impressive that they open up in D.C. That's like, hey, I'm going to start a brewery. Let's do it in Manhattan. Yeah. You know what I mean? That in itself is just... The hoops that, that, that's, that's why it was kind of, you know, that's why I went with the way I did. Yeah. Cause I'm like, there's no way they did not grow up there because that's, that's a hefty, you have to really love that city if you're going to go all in like that to do that because it's a, it's a tough nut to get into because, I mean, yeah. just find the layout of everything because it's so, you know, D.C.'s very oddly laid out just like Boston's very oddly laid out. It, it's just kind of, it was built at a time when they, you know, we're on horse and buggy and stuff like that. And everything was laid out. So it was just, it was weird layouts of stuff. And everything's kind of centralized. And when you stand from above and look at the layout of the roads and everything as they're building the Capitol, it's just, that's a tough one to get into to kind of find the right place that makes sense in a location that makes sense. Like that's the two things that are tough to do that. But they got that going. But uh, even more importantly for us, they also got the good beer dialed in, which is yeah, uh, which the real is solid thing. Kind of important. Yeah. You can, you can find the location <laughs> you want all, all day long. But if you're making crappy beer, then you're not going to be at that location very long. And uh, yeah, as you said, they're growing, which is great. And the reason they're growing is beers are phenomenal. Like on the Wings of Armageddon, it's, it's one of those beers that uh, if you're paying attention to the whole craft <laughs> market and the way things are going, uh, it's got a lot of buzz around it. A lot of people are following around it. A lot of people are, are trading for it and trying to get it, and they really want to get it bad and trying to find the beer. But it definitely lives up to the hype. And it's amazing. You know, yeah, it's a blended hop, but it's a single hop. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely one of those beers that people like um, fall over themselves to get. Yeah. And it, it, good good reason, because I'm pretty sure it uh, blew Ed's nipples off. Yes, it did. Yep, I was, I was on the floor. inside of my glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely one of those beers we've said on here. There's a lot of beers that have a lot of hype, but some of them kind of get crushed by it. But that uh, lives right up to it. And we are now on to The Public, which is their American Pale Ale, 6%. But just got a really wonderful mouthfeel and like the aroma. It's like really citrusy, but not overly pungently grapefruit. Right? It's just it's really well balanced, which that's like the key to dialing in a good pale ale to me. Bit more malt forward than your typical mm-hmm. pale, but it works. You know, yeah. it has a nice spiciness to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it. The hops present, but it's not. You know, that's pale ales are tough because like, some breweries are getting into it where you know what was once considered American pale ale is kind of now more of an IPA mm-hmm. or, or vice versa. It's just kind of that that style is evolving as the craft beer market evolves because standard-wise, you know, American Pale Ale was supposed to be it was very slightly hoppy, not as much, and now you're starting to see a lot of breweries putting out what they're calling a pale ale is much more hop-forward and much more aggressive than it previously would have been considered. Yeah, I mean... Uh, everything these guys seem like they're doing, what they're doing is they're taking base styles and kind of throwing their own twist on things yeah. and kind of mixing it up. But it's staying uh, uh, decently true to the style while doing it. So it's, it's a fun little uh, fun little game they're playing with their little yeah, brewery other, down you know, there. We didn't, uh, I didn't really mention this yet. All their stuff's in cans. They, uh, they're another brewery that cans. They, I they, think have, a, they have bottles. I think stuff, they have, yeah, I think they have like, bom- like a bomber bottle stuff. George would know. George has been down there. No, um, when I was down there, all they had was cans. Okay. So I'm not I'm sure. I think that they I've have seen some a couple limited, bottles, yeah, but it's few and far between, I yeah. believe. But, I mean, they're, they're a primarily canned brewery, which is something we've talked about on here before. Like a lot of breweries really get into that for a wide variety of reasons. And some of them we've heard uh, the argument of it's better for the earth because aluminum is much more easily recyclable than glass. So if you're a hippie, there's that for going for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, Charlie's <laughs> grabbing the mic. <laughs> 
uh, transportation. You can ship yeah. a lot more product oh, yeah. Yeah. weight-wise. And then the main thing that a lot of people really make the argument for Pro-Can is there is no light penetration to the beer. That's, yeah. that's, that's a big thing for a lot of... And, it's and like cans, 95% of the degradation of yeah, beer. Yeah, and, and cans have changed tremendously from what you know was when we were growing up or was that something you didn't really want to have anything sitting in for a long period of time. To now, like there, there's food lining and everything's taken care of. It, it's something you can actually sit in there for a while. It, it was weird because it was it was definitely a tipping point. There was that you know kind of um, um, a shadow over cans. Like it's just oh, yeah. if it comes from a can, it sucks. Yeah, and you get the metallic taste yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. But not even just that. It was this low class quote. I'm air quoting because you could see that on the radio. <laughs> and uh, and it, it, but it got to the point where it tipped and now it's accelerating to the point where I'm, I'm seeing Belgian beers. I'm seeing a hint anchor put Lucifer in a can. Yeah. Uh, Lef is putting their brune and their blonde in cans. You're yeah. seeing Belgian um, breweries that you would be like, they're never well, going to put Well, St. put their Saison in cans. That's what I mean. So yeah. It, it, it yeah. went to the point where you're like, we will never, we're yeah. never going to see that in can. Now you're seeing all these beers in cans, so hey. Because the, the argument against it is kind of really starting to fall by the wayside yeah. and really it's just a choice. Like It's either you do or you don't. It's not yeah. a, an argument of, like, why you shouldn't, like it used to be, like, for purity's sake or, you know, just straight snobbery. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I want, but but it, it's kind of gone away to where it's, like, it makes sense. And especially for, like, breweries that are doing really cool artwork stuff, like, cans are the best thing in the world if you really want to have awesome artwork because you have so much you more. Wrap it around the entire yeah, thing. You have, yeah, you have something. We see that with 21st Amendment with everything. They're, like, that's their big thing was, like, they want to have that. And D.C. has that, too. They're putting all this stuff, like, they're fully utilizing the can and they're being able to work in the story because on the Wings Arm, again, it has that story in there about brewing it for, you know, 12, 21, 12. And <laughs> we were actually, yeah, we were, were we going then? I don't remember if we were. I don't even remember when we started. W-I-L-K. That is the station that we are on, yes. <laughs> but, uh... We're, sure. And we're, now the we're Spectral Loot is brought to you by Haywire. Uh, um. All right. So we had a sneak attack. Uh, so in case you're wondering what station you're listening to, you're good. Um, but yeah, th- this is another, it's, it's just another really great pale ale. Like I love to see that. Like, like I've said, Pilsners and pale ales, two of the greatest ways to know how, how good a brewery is going to be is how well those are brewed. Yeah. And uh, back to the whole can thing, what's better than opening a can of beer? You know what it's I mean? True. It's that visceral Well, it's also, cracking it's it also, open and... Yeah, yeah just that sound. <laughs> you, it's I, you know, it, it's like Pavlovian's dog. Someone out there is drooling right yeah. now hearing that sound. Yeah. I, I like the the pop of the the cork on the twenty five ounce bottle. Yeah, too. corking like, cage is nice, but the only yeah. reason why I put the can a little bit ahead because every now and then you get that cork just doesn't want to come out and you oh, struggle. That's to fight the most with frustrating it. thing in the or, world. If you you have that one where you just do the last twist on the on the cage and the cork comes flying out and yeah. almost kills you, yeah. <clears throat> St. Bernard's twelve every freaking time. <laughs> you like, uh, yeah. What I like to do is just give a little tap on the bottom of the, you know, just t- tap the the the, you know, if it's uncooperative, just tap yeah, it on the just table. A just a little working for yep, you. Yep. 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 That works for a lot of other things. If something's uncooperative, just tap it on the table and it'll work right out for you. <laughs> the worst was, uh, it was probably about, pickle. I don't know if you, re- you definitely probably remember this. It was maybe about five years ago, there was a cork shortage, so there was like an influx of those synthetic oh, corks. Oh, yeah, and there were problems for it, everybody. It, you, you cannot get beer them out. Oh, they're the worst. Yeah, it, it went up not working out for a lot of people. Yeah. So we have uh, cracked open our final one from DC Brow. This is their Pen Quarter Porter. Uh, it is a 5.5% ABV porter, and it says it right on the can that it, it basically, cr- it's it's that, and we've talked about it here before, there's that fine line between something that's a porter and a stout, and you see breweries kind of going back and forth between them constantly, but th- this definitely drinks like a porter. You can, I, I, if I had like a blindfold on, I would say it's a porter, but aroma is just full on like roasty stout. Yeah, roasty toasty, yeah. a little bit yeah. of coffee, you know, it's a little it's bit a, of chocolate. The mouth chocolate. It's, it's a bit less in the mouth, creamy fluffiness, so it's yeah. getting a definite porter feel. No, um, it, it's super easy drinking too, and this is one like, and I, I like when you, when they play with that and and knowing. I like when it's a uh, the the fine line between a stout and a porter, but still falls into the porter category because it, it's there's a lot more to work with in that, and like you can kind of keep it that really light, wonderful. Because I I just love a good porter, especially now we're getting into the colder months as we're approaching. It doesn't feel well, like it's it gonna today. be ninety. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like it today, but <laughs> we're approaching slowly into the colder months. Yeah, but it, 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 we got a, we got a little dash of it this week ago. Just a little, a little bit taste. Yeah, just, yeah. just a taste. Just a yeah. taste. <laughs> got me excited. That's all I know. 
Yeah, it, that it, guy it, weather, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. This is what we love. I, I'm yeah, with you, well, brother. Stating we, the obvious. There. We love to bundle up and throw on the hoodies. That's my favorite time of year. Cover it all up, and we're good. But uh, no, th- this has just those really wonderful characteristics. I love the aroma on this. Like that's what's killing it for me. It's just that yeah. really wonderful. It's highly roasted. quaffable. I mean, yeah. I, I could. I feel like I could just chug a can in two gulps with it. You know, it's very good. <laughs> yeah, that's a, the aroma is really. I, I just love that. Like that roast and malt characteristic, but it's not accurate. It's not overly roast. It, it doesn't have those... That bittering, it's not bitter yeah, and roast. It's not, it's there's like, none of that at all. Like in some stouts, you, you get that real awful yeah. bitterness that that's... I'm not a... You know, it's in there for some, and I can deal with it, but it's just, I love when it's this that has both those qualities, but still comes across more like a, a, a porter, say a powder, like a porter that has, like, without that bittering quality that, that kind of can put you off sometimes. But still would be really good with dessert, too, though. It would fall in line with that. Uh, having this with a nice chocolate brownie. Man, that wouldn't suck. Mm. That's so cliche. I know, but it just sounds so good right now. Having this in my hand, if I had, I think I'm just hungry. I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. It could be that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm just thinking like if I had a nice big chocolate brownie right here, or you know what else this would be really good with is a nice steak too, since it's lunch. Oh yeah, that, that would be really it's another good. cliche. Mm-hmm. All right, you know what this would be good with? A reason. Ostrich beaks. This would be so good with. Uh, how's that for cliche? Pig's foot. Pig's ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's just another great way to end everything out. And like, you know, typically we we do our uh, our show. We wind up ending on the big boys that are you know the double digits. But you know, we we uh, threw on the wings of Armageddon in the middle, which was ninety point three, I believe, is where that one's at. Drank like it was four percent. Oh God, yeah, that's the other thing. I love when you get a good beer that's like that. That's uh, nine point two. Danger, but Will Robinson. Is that what it is, George? Nine point two. Yep. Yeah. Um, but like, it, it drinks so super easy. All their beers. That's the one thing that's great with this. Like, you know, the the pills was in the fours. Like, we're going. All of them drank so easily and so smooth. There was none that it, it didn't jump out. Like, oh, this is their double imperial. But it was just all very well brewed, very well balanced. Just everything you'd want out of a good beer. So another great, another great brewery with some great dudes. And uh, speaking of next week, we have on the show we're going to be talking to to Treehouse Brewing Company out of Massachusetts. George, you've talked uh, them up heard, so much, yeah, I, I just, can't wait. I just yeah. heard George squeal a little bit. There's <laughs> there's a tear forming in my eye. They're just they're an awesome place, even to visit. They're yeah. in the middle of nowhere, but I was out there a couple weeks ago, and they literally can the beer. And 20 seconds later, it was in my hands. Like, that's how efficient they were that day. Yeah, they, they were really a huge up-and-comer up in the New England area. They're out of Massachusetts. And uh, we're going to be talking to their co-founder, Dean Rohan, and uh, really getting into a lot Great of that. Great name. Yeah. Is it? Great name. I could be pronouncing it wrong. It could be it could be Rohan, but Rohan just sounds so much cooler. It sounds like you'd be in uh, He Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're, they're a really great brewery, and everything I've had from them has been phenomenal. And uh, that's a whole growing area. Like that's that's the buzzword now for the craft beer industry is New England up in there. That yeah, region. They, it's 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 growing too. It's like like you guys just went from like the Hudson River Valley up. Now it used to be just be you know mm-hmm. Connecticut. Now you're getting down into Boston, and you're or you're up to Boston down to the Hudson River Valley, and all the way down to DC. It's it's expanding just exponentially. Going on. You see everything going on with Vermont up there. It's just that whole. Yeah. Area now is the the buzz and people are like leaning towards that area for monster. Yeah, there, there's just a lot going on. So maybe great talking to him next week. Get a real inside, you know, viewpoint on what's going on there instead of just us rambling on about the times we visited. We can actually someone lives there and is going through this. So we're going to get into that one. And as I said last week, we're going to be laying out a homebrew show at the end of September. So if you want to get in on that, shoot us an email: beergeeksradio at gmail dot com. Uh, you don't have to live in the area if you want to send stuff to me. You don't have to come to the studio either if you're shy about that. I've questions about that you don't have to come down i'm not gonna make you stand here and, and watch us drink stuff so but yeah just shoot me an email let me know if you want to get involved in that so we're getting into the whole homebrew thing but uh that's the sound that's the hook around the neck pulling us off the stage so until next week everybody keep on drinking them beers and we'll be here cheers cheers, cheers. cheers.